Hi, this is Paul Lang, Captain Harrison Hawk from Star Trek Horizon, and you are listening to the biggest little show this side of any Iconian gateway. It's the Trek Geeks Podcast with Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. Little show, this side of the Alpha Quadrant, your independent Star Trek podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Trek Geeks. We're glad you're here. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. I'm your co host, Bill Smith. We are very excited to have this particular discussion tonight. And by we, of course, I mean us. And by us, I mean my illustrious co host is going to join me as well. He is a guy who, well, let's just say there's a steady line of people ready to replace him at a moment's notice, and all of them will be far more talented than he is. But, well, now he's got a fancy old tattoo, so I can't get rid of him. He's the inked-up Dan Davidson. Dan, welcome aboard, brother. Hey, man. It's good to be here. Thanks for that great introduction, as always. And, yeah, you're stuck with me now, buddy. We're tattoo buds. I know. (laughs) I kind of feel like we're marked for life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that was quite a fun experience and uh yeah it's uh, uh we're committed i guess is the best way to to put it as you put it earlier today on social media yeah we're, we're in this i guess now huh i know no backing out after yeah. two years and 108 episodes yeah I'm, I'm i'm so excited to be stuck with you thank you we huh. went to Pre- precision body arts in nashua new hampshire last night and we got the the brand new Trek Geeks Delta symbol tattooed on our uh, our glorious and lovely bodies, and um, it's it's something we're very excited to do. And I got to say, it came out fantastic. It came out beautifully on on your forearm, my shoulder. I'm so excited and happy of the results on on both of us. Uh, so that yeah, that uh, that Delta looks pretty pretty nice uh, on that forearm of yours with that boldly go right above it, man. I'm just glad I was able to talk you out of getting yours as a lower back tattoo. Um, may, might not have talked me out of it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, um, people may have other tattoo suggestions for us. And uh, how can they route those comments, feedback, concerns, photos, our general direction? whole bunch of different ways. Uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Skype, and Instagram, our handle is Trek Geeks. And you can also send us an email at podcast at trekgeeks.com. If you want to talk to us and leave a message, as our good friend over at Mission Log says, we would love to hear your voice. You can give us a call at 508-784-1701, leave us a voicemail, and you can do the same thing over at speakpipe.com slash trekgeeks. And as you know, we also have our official Facebook group, Camp Kinemer. It's always available for you to join. We'd be happy if you went on over there to facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kinemer. And one of our wonderful and talented admins, Heather, Jackie, or Dan, will let you write in to share in all the fun. And as a special gift, you will get an early edition sneak peek every week of the Trek Geeks podcast just for being a member 
of that Camp Kittimer Facebook page. So it's awesome. But just remember, any comments or messages that you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode. Back to you, Bill. Thank you, Dan. That's fantastic. I have to ask you, Dan, are you are you a member of Camp Kittimer? Am I a member of Camp Kittimer? I am I am a uh, like one of the first members of Camp Kittimer, sir. So we still want people to join despite the fact that Dan uh-huh. is a member. Please don't let that hinder you and coming and, and clicking the join button. We have fun despite the fact that Dan is there. I could not have walked into that any better than I did. Thanks, pal. It was like a garden rake, buddy. <laughs> Dan, we also have a special guest geek joining us for the full hour. Oh, the full hour. Absolutely. We've been looking forward to this for a long time. It's It seems like it's been a long time in, in the making. And finally, Synthaholics podcast own Dave Duncan is joining us tonight for a fun-filled episode of See It or Skip It, TNG Season 4. Dave, it's about time, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. It is about time, and I, th- I think we should just see it all, or skip it all, whichever you feel like. <laughs> well, well uh, we'll see TNG and we'll skip Dan. How's that? Okay. See, More that's the problem right? with you being the executive producer is you get to jump in first and you took my line. <laughs> that's what I do. You know, that's why I'm here. Dave, why don't you tell us a little bit about Synthaholics? Oh, we're a little bitty Star Trek podcast up in the Northeast, not as Northeast as you guys. We uh, do a weekly silly, mostly sometimes drunken uh just Star Trek podcast. We talk about news if there is any, uh, really off the cuff, very little preparation, just to kind of spitball everything. Uh, Aaron, my co-host, he's amazing. He he actually comes prepared. He comes with notes, and he'll like read the 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 recap of the episode as as I interrupt him constantly to make jibs, jabs, and jokes. And then we do a deep dive on the discussion. And we don't ever really plan where we're gonna go. So sometimes it's just off the wall weird stuff, and sometimes we get deep. And it's it's really cool when we get deep because we don't ever really plan it. And so it's a lot of fun, whichever way it turns out. Excellent. Yeah, you guys started really kind of around the same time we did, and uh, it's been a it's been a fun ride so far. I have to say. Yeah, I I, uh, I found your show like as it came out, and I was putting my show together, and I was actually getting like information from you, Bill, and uh, you got me set up with Lipson because I wasn't sure how I was going to host my show yet. So uh, I thank you for that because Lipson saved me so much time and uh, makes it so I, much I gotta- I got to say, I like the idea of having a drunk podcast because God knows I need to be drunk when I'm here with Bill every week. So that's a good idea, man. Thank you. Well, yeah. I mean, before the show, I had a uh, a four-shot drink, and now I'm having a six-shot drink. So, you know. <laughs> Fantastic. If, so I, you- if I slur anything, just, you know, that's why. We'll catch it in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> just overdub it with Dan, like, four. <laughs> we'll have Dan doing Aaron Neville impersonation. <coughs> so, so that so your matching tattoo is it like linked by quantum entanglement? Oh, <laughs> that's wow! You have had a couple of drinks, haven't you? That's fantastic. Um, no, we're just we're lucky that we've got the same ink color. Quite frankly, the whole time Dan was on the table, he couldn't obviously see what was getting inked on his shoulder. I kept joking with him. It's dude, why is that pink? And purple. And he he really was doing that, too. And, of course, I'm like, oh, that's real funny. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, God. Well, it's a tramp stamp, so you got to take his word for it. (laughs) 
right? Actually, no, it, uh, the artist uh, Kevin at Precision Body Arts did a fantastic job. Dan went first because he lost the rock, paper, scissors, and uh, it's probably good that he did because uh, he was able to keep the crying to a minimum this time. <laughs> well, that's always good. Dan, I hear we have an update in our Cosplay for Good campaign for Star Trek Las Vegas coming up in just about four weeks. It is a great ca- – do you want me to do the sound effect for the update? Or do, uh, just- the, do you have a sound effect? <laughs> there we go. Okay. So, yes, we have a great update. I'm, I'm blown away, man. Every day I look at this and I'm just like, oh, my God. We are now over 70% of our goal – for this amazing cosplay for good campaign that we're doing. We uh, uh, just reached that uh, plateau today. Um, Looking forward to getting that 100%. Uh, We're trying to raise $1,000 for the Nevada SPCA, which is the largest no-kill animal shelter in the Las Vegas area. Uh, We're going to do some silly stuff in Vegas on that Saturday, the biggest day of the con, Bill. And uh, it's going to be pretty scary but exciting at the same time. Indeed. In fact, um, scary because people are going to have to see our legs. Yes, we are going to wear the TNG scant uniforms from season one. Ooh la la. Um, I know. It's pretty exciting. Um, and we're doing it just to raise money for the Nevada SPCA. Um, it's uh, We're having the scants custom made, and we will wear them. And once we're there... We're going to have a selfie challenge. So for the first 100 selfies people take with us and then use the appropriate hashtag on that day, we'll donate a dollar, an additional dollar to the Nevada SPCA. But that's not all. Our incredible friends at the, both the GNT show and the Trek Ranks podcast have announced they will match that $1 per selfie. So right now, it's going to be $3 total for the first 100 selfies, so an additional 300 bucks for all the dogs, cats, and adoptable animals in Nevada, Dan. Oh, wait a minute. Three times 2,500. $1,300 possible. That's very, you are good at math, and math Thank is you. hard. I, it, math is hard, but I, math makes things go. And it's, it's just the, just seeing the, the, these donations come in. You know, we've talked so many times about how much we love our, our dogs. I have two dogs. You have one dog. And, uh, we're really looking forward to bringing, um, this inform, uh, the, this, check, I guess you could say, or however we're going to bring it over to the Nevada SPCA that day. Uh, and we're really, we're really very honored and, um, humbled at what we've seen so far. We really are. And we can't thank everyone who's donated enough so far. Uh, the response has been fantastic. We're looking forward to taking lots of selfies in Vegas. Um, we also, it's, it's important to point out that this money that we're raising goes directly to the Nevada SPCA from GoFundMe. It will never see our hands. We'll never have possession of it. It'll never be in any kind of account of ours. You can donate knowing that this money is going to go directly where it's needed to the adoptable animals in the greater Las Vegas area. So to find out more, to find out more, I can't even speak today. I've got Dan Davidson disease. Wow. Go to go. I know, right? GoFundMe.com slash Trek Geeks. That's GoFundMe.com slash Trek Geeks. And you can find out all about our campaign to show off our sexy legs, Dan. Can't wait. Oh, boy. I got to get in shape like you, man. I only got, we got less than a month here. <laughs> I know. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Please, uh, autographs later. Gentlemen, we gather today to consider the fourth 
season of Star Trek The Next Generation in this 30th anniversary year. And, uh, and Dave, it looks like you get to be the ringmaster for tonight's See It or Skip It. And uh, we, we hope you're up to the task, my friend. I, I am uh, up for the task, my friends. <laughs> see well, you know, that you the are. Yeah, see that you are, mister. I'll read them out of order just because I'm drinking now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the rules are simple. Dan and I are going to go through each one, tell people whether they should see it or skip it and why. And then at the end, we'll tally them up and see how we came down. I think the first three seasons have been fairly interesting. I think one was pretty much a uh, 50% across the board for both of us. Uh, season two was roughly 50%, like 45 and a half. Season three, we actually we had some much better numbers. I was like uh, I was like twenty five or twenty six on yeah, that one. Ninety six percent you had there, bud. And I think you had like eighty five percent or something like that. Just about, sure, sure. So uh, we'll see what season four brings us because clearly they kicked up the quality quite a bit during season four. So it looks like we're going to plateau at a higher average. And who knows at this point? It, it's uh, it's anyone's can, game. It's anyone's game. So with that, Dave, you can uh, you can choose whomever you'd like to start each round, and uh, feel free to chime in with your own votes, too. Most definitely. So, episode one of season four is The Best of Both Worlds, part two. Picard is rescued from the Borg as the Enterprise races to save Earth. Data interfaces with the half-Borg Picard and finds a way to shut down the Borg ship. Dan Davidson. Oof. I get to start first. Wow, that's quite an honor. Well, I mean, who's not going to say see it for this? It's a see it. I mean, after all, this is the conclusion to arguably the best cliffhanger in television history. So yes, it's a see it. But with that being said, it was a disappointing conclusion to part one. Sleep data, indeed. But it's a see it. Yeah, I have to. Uh, I have to agree. I mean, it's like you said, Dan. It's uh, is the biggest and probably the best television cliffhanger in the history of the medium. Um, despite the fact that it's it's slightly underwhelming, um, and and in fact, you know, the sleep data is the first thing I think of. I too also have labeled it as a see it. So we're one for one. Wow. So I I rate this as a see it too. Unless you've seen it in the Fathom events, did you either have the honor of see- doing that? I did. The second part was ruined by them not having the music there. Ah. Because that, that, that the intensity of the music at the end of the cliffhanger just, like, drove it home, and you've got to wait however long that was between seasons. It was and about then, seven yeah. years, I yeah. think, is what it was. <laughs> and then that edit just, like, killed the moment, especially since, like, nothing happened, really. Exactly. So, like, uh, the first one's definitely better, but it's definitely a see it, because, I mean, you can't watch the one without the other. Exactly. No. All right. So, family, when the Enterprise is undergoing repairs at Earth, Captain Picard visits his brother, his brother's family in France. Lieutenant Worf, Lieutenant Worf's adoptive human parents come to see him on the ship, and the Doctor Crusher gives his son Wesley a personal hollow recording left by his late father shortly after his birth. Dan Davidson. Oh, I get to go first again. Ha, Bill, you get to wait. Um, So yeah, this is definitely a See It episode. This is one of the best uh, of the season. It's a beautiful episode, especially on the Picard side of the story. All three stories are great, but the Picard one is definitely up there, Um, followed by Worf and his parents from Russia. And finally, poor Wesley gets to do something, and we get to see a uh, movie set 
kind of uniform with his father. So yeah, see it. And yeah, Bill. I'm in the I'm in the same boat. This is one of my all time favorite next gen episodes, just for what it means to Picard. You know, especially since we've never seen a Starfleet captain this broken before. You know, um, that scene where he melts down after his fight with his brother Robert is just it's it's amazing, and Patrick Stewart just kills it. So it's an absolute see it for me. Everything is perfect about this episode, except for maybe Wesley and his dad without the turtleneck. <laughs> that Monster Maroon's a beautiful uniform, but it needs a turtleneck to survive. We were so, just talking about that last week, yeah. <laughs> so yes, I would give this a, a see it as well. Uh, it's a beautiful episode. I love the fight, the mud fight, and they just come in and trash the house like children. The, one of the and best scenes... Wine. One of the best scenes of this whole episode is when they hug when they're leaving, and then when Robert kind of like stands up, he's got this look on his face like, get away from me, you smell, or something. It's just the funniest looking face, but I love it. It's very good, very good. All right, so we've two down. Brothers, Data is summoned by his creator, Noonien Singh. They are joined by Data's brother, Lore, Mr. Bill Smith. Oh, I get to go first. Woohoo! Um, let's see, uh, brothers is, it's a see it for me. And it's not because I love the story because I don't necessarily, it's because Brent Spiner plays three very different roles and they're all fantastic in this episode. Um, nothing in this episode works if he's off in the slightest and he just, he nails it with each of the three portrayals. So I think for just for data and lore and Soong alone, you have to see this episode. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I agree. This is a see it for me. Much more so it sounds like than uh, for Bill. This is probably uh, my favorite Data episode of them all. If not that, it's my favorite Spiner episode because he does such a great job with those three different characters. I love Dr. Sung. I love how Data's able to completely lock down the Enterprise at the beginning of the episode and nobody can do a thing. And the, the, the lip sync between Brent Spiner as Data and Picard when he's encrypting the computer is so good. It's to four seven nine eight 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 point lock, and it's watching Brent Spiner do that was magnificent. Definite see it. I've seen Brent Spiner do a really convincing uh, Patrick Stewart. So was it dubbed? Oh, I think it was. I think it was too. Okay, because I heard I heard he, I heard while on set he like prank called Patrick's wife or something. <laughs> <laughs> I could believe that. <laughs> so, like, it's just really weird that uh, I, I, I that he would be dubbed if he can do like an, a, a heads-on uh, impression. But that's interesting. Uh, this is it's a, a see it for me as well. Brothers is a beautiful episode, and then like the ending with the kids and you know them explaining that they've made up, even though the one tried to kill each other. It kind of gets you in the feels a bit. The feels. The feels. Dan has no feels. Wow. Uh, Not for uh, you, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Episode four, Suddenly Human. Picard must help a human boy raised by aliens to decide his fate. Who's going first, Dan? And we're going to go with Bill. (laughs) Woohoo! Um... Yeah, this is not one of my favorite episodes. You know, once a a see it or skip it, I have a meh. This one is it. I, I don't love this episode. I can't stand the kid. I want to... It, it reminds me of Dumb and Dumber. You, know, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> and then it's that high-pitched shrill that you know he does because he's not near his dad. It's like, yeah, kid, uh, get over it. Um, you're human. So uh, for me, this one's a skip, but I can't stand this episode. 
that was good, man. I actually gave this one a see it. Um, if anything, just to hear the banar because it's so annoying. Um, it's a great moral dilemma episode for me um, and what Picard must decide to do. And I actually think he makes the right decision at the end by allowing Jono to go back with his s- stepfather. I guess, no, that's not the right word, but the, the alien father. Um, Very good father. Surrogate, thank you. And if Bill does not give his vote in five minutes, that is my best, that's my favorite line of that whole episode when he says that on the view screen, like, what are you going to do, man? Uh, but yeah, that's a, it's a see it for me. So we finally have a difference of opinion. Well, I would say this is a meh. Uh, as well uh I, I i would see it i love star trek so much i usually only skip like the most hideous of hideous episodes like shades of gray and threshold <laughs> aquiel <laughs> i love aquiel really bad ones yeah um i, I I'll, <laughs> I'll give this one a see it just because you know it's star trek and if you've never seen it you should at least see it once if you never see it again go with bill all right i like that plan All right, episode five, Remember Me. After an apparent failure of a warp field experiment, people begin to disappear from the Enterprise, with only Dr. Crusher remembering that they ever existed. Dan Davidson! Yeah, this is a fun episode for me. Uh, I gave it a see it. I liked how people kept disappearing, and and when Beverly would talk about them, the look on people's faces are like, who are you talking about? You're losing your mind. I thought it was great. Um, I don't like the Traveler at all in any episode he's ever been in, so that's the one thing in this episode that I'm not really cool on. But other than that, I think it's a see it. It's a fun episode. I I would airlock the Traveler at the first instant um, because... (laughs) I can't stand the traveler at all. Um, <laughs> and I'm not a fan of this episode because it seemed like it was just a lame way to bring the traveler back somehow. So, um, yeah, it's, eh, it's, I'm not met on it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just one I, I don't really dig. So for me, it's got to be a skip it. Let me ask a question before you give your answer, Dave. I got a question for you, Bill. If yeah. the traveler was not part of the story, cause he really didn't have to be. Kind of right. If he right. wasn't in it, what would you have said? I probably would have a slightly more improved view of this episode, but uh, his his appearance just seems so contrived to me. Yep, that it it brought the episode down for me. Okay, thank you. So this episode is titled "Remember Me," and I totally forgot the traveler was in this episode. <laughs> so the episode failed at what it was trying to tell us, I think. But uh, I would say to give it a see it because I love Beverly kind of having like a, an episode kind of for her and she going crazy and everyone just looking at her crazy. And Picard's like, only me and you've been on the ship ever. Duh. <laughs> uh, it, it's 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 great. Um, uh, but the Traveler, uh, he's unnecessary and he's really creepy. So <laughs> I also I, did I, like, uh, I'm sorry. I also did like his, uh, the older guy at the beginning of the episode that's friends with Crusher, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Quace. I thought that he was, uh, he was kind of cool. I liked him as well. Yeah. Very nice. All right. So we're looking at episode six legacy. Tasha Yar's sister, Ashara seeks to restore order on their conflict ridden colony world. Let's give it to Bill. Let's see, Legacy. So this is the 80th episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. It's the one that put it one episode ahead of the original series, and they called it Legacy um, because of that. And uh, really, the only legacy this episode has is that it is as a steaming dog turd. Um, 
<laughs> I couldn't care any less about Tasha Yar's sister. Um, and the story really just is terrible. So for me, and if you hadn't guessed, this is a skip it for me. So is she lesser or greater than Tasha? I, I think she's lesser because I think Tasha was more interesting, quite frankly. Well, uh, huh. That's interesting. Um, this is my first skip it of the season, episode six. I, I can't stand this episode. It's really a shame that um, the record breaker, so to speak, uh, with episode 80 is this episode. Uh, it's a horrible tribute to the anniversary. Uh, the whole idea of Ashara was weak. I didn't like the actress's acting at all, and I didn't like the story at all. So it's a definite skip it for me as well. She looks like a poor man, Sarah Connor. <laughs> she does she actually looks like sarah connor you're right you're terminated um but um i haven't seen this episode in a really long time probably at least three years so i'm just gonna say see it because it i don't remember it being as bad as threshold or um shades of gray so i'm gonna be lenient and just give wow. it a see it you She's are a looking. magnanimous sort, sir. <laughs> she is good looking if it's any consolation. So, guys, <laughs> I've heard lots of people rant about how good she looks. So, I've heard it. So, yeah, I don't have much to say about it. I don't remember it. It's been a long time. Uh, strange. This comes right after Remember Me. <laughs> I'm sensing a trend here. <laughs> yes, indeed. I guess it's been a while since I've seen season four. All right. Reunion. Worf's former lover returns, along with Picard, and the two mediate a Klingon-powered dispute. Worf discovers more family. Dan! This is a definite see it. Definite see it. Kalar's back. Galron. Kim Peck. Dies. Uh, oh, yeah, and there's also Alexander. So it's, it's a see it. This is a great episode. It's it's really a shame that we don't get to see more of Kalar. Uh, this one is, is is one of the good ones of the season. Absolutely. Kalar's back. I just wish you were staying longer. Mm. You know, same for Duras. <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on in this episode. Uh, I think it's fantastic. I think you should see it, even though it brings us another seven years of Alexander. Oh, uh, oh. Why couldn't Alexander have gotten married instead of Susie Plaxton? <laughs> I know, right? Right? So, uh, yeah, this is a definite see. It's a beautiful episode. Uh, it's, it's, it's just so gut-wrenching to see Worf's stupidity killing the woman he loves. It's like, hmm, should I be stupid or let my and, uh, <laughs> or let my woman help me? Now I'll be stupid. Uh, Reunion's oh, a beautiful episode. I love Kim Peck. I love how he just, like, Picard, you're doing it. You wouldn't have done it if I asked, so I'm kind of just not doing it the honorable way. And I don't, I'm pretty sure Klingons don't know what honor means anyway, but I love Kim Peck wow. and, and Picard's, you know, back and forth there in that episode. All right. Well, the Klingon definition of honor seems to be uh, dishonor, you know, very specious to the event because, you know, when it's about the individuals, it's, it's all about honor, but when it's about the empire, it's let's cover stuff up. So yes, that's true. <laughs> all right. So we are at future imperfect. Riker finds himself 16 years in the future. His memory of it, the interim erased by a dormant virus. I wonder if it came from the plant that stuck his leg. <laughs> Shades of Grey, part two. Dun, dun, dun. All right, Bill. You know, 
Frakes is so good in this episode. He really is. And this is just a great Star Trek story. This one's absolutely a see it for me. It's fun. It holds up on continual rewatches. Um, and I do find myself wondering what happened to the kid afterwards. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, I think it's definitely one that should be watched. Well, I uh, I don't think it's any uh, surprise that this is a see it for me with an exclamation point. This actually was on my all-time top 10 TNG list uh, several episodes back. Uh, so I think you know that my vote is definitely a see it. I love this episode. Admiral Picard, cool com badges, uh, com badges, minuet. The list just goes on and on. And of course, who could forget? My name is Barash. It's just a great episode. See it. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good, Dan. Thank you. This is definitely a see it for me too. I love I love how Minuet comes back for like a second and it's like, hey, wait a minute. I didn't marry her. I just loved a hologram that much, so she's still in my mind four years later. Jordy, you're not that incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> final mission. Wesley sets off on his final mission with the Enterprise. That's a lie. Company by Picard. They become stranded on a desert planet. And that will go to Dan. Oh, I envy you, William Smith. You're just at the beginning of the adventure. This is a see it for me. I like this episode a lot. the The episode is is to me it's a it's a great send off for Wesley. We think, um, and we get to see those paternal feelings that Picard has developed over the years for Wesley. Um, and in my mind, this is uh, Will Wheaton's best performance on the show. So this was a see it for me. You know, I can kind of see how this may have happened in the writer's room. You know, somebody says, hey, you know, since Will is leaving the show, let's find a way for Wesley to save Picard's life after they crash land somewhere. Yawn. <laughs> um, I, 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 this episode, you know, I got really excited because, you know, when this episode premiered, the teaser the week before made it seem like Wesley could die. And I was all set for Wesley to die. And then Wesley didn't die so it was a big letdown for me that's probably why i call it a skip it because spoiler alert wesley doesn't die (laughs) and he comes back and he comes back which is which is the worst part wesley hatred going around other than that i have no strong feelings about wesley hashtag (laughs) wesley doesn't die (laughs) what about you dave what do you think um, I'd say see it just because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good, decent episode of Star Trek. It's a nice, I guess it's a nice send off for Will Wheaton because I do enjoy <laughs> Will Wheaton, um, uh, as a person, uh, nowadays, uh, but I do not enjoy Wesley. Wait, wait a minute. I'll, I'll what, see it as is, a, you know, low see it. Wait a minute. Who? What did you say his name was? Will Wheaton? Will Wheaton? Wheaton? <laughs> no, I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even going to get into it. Don't even worry about it. Next. Cool. Say, say Wheat. Wheat. Say Wheaton. Wheaton. All right. Um, the loss, an unknown force, captures the Enterprise and causes Deanna to lose her empathic powers. And we're gonna go with Bill. You know, I, I like the concept of this episode, but I think the execution leaves a lot to be desired. You know, it, I think it was good to see Deanna out of her element, but I think there were probably better ways to do this, and and they do some of these better ways in future episodes, but. Otherwise, I think this is just a skip it because there's really not a whole lot here in the context of this story. Yeah, um, you don't really need to be an empath when watching this episode to know that Deanna is a she's a real bitch when she loses her abilities. 
so, uh, this was a skipping for me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really like this episode very much, so uh, I'm going to give it the big old skip it. I'm going to give it a see it just because I can't wait to talk about this episode on my show because it's so it's so bad. It's going to be fun to talk about. <laughs> Uh, just, just because, like, I feel, I feel like Deanna Troy's powers never really used in an effective way in the show. Great joy and gratitude. <laughs> yeah, it's just like she states pretty much the obvious. Like, it's just like if you've got basic intuition, or, or, that's all her ability seems to kind of do. If her ability is a little bit more, like it would, it would, I think it would have been more impactful. But we've never seen her ability really do anything other than basic intuition like just basic reading people you know you know I body s- language you know what they say what they don't say i sense he's being honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah I great s- job diana <laughs> i sense my neckline is plunged he's so she's so cruel when riker goes imzadi and she's like oh please it's like wow <laughs> <laughs> and then they wrote a whole book imzadi oh that was fun <laughs> All right, episode 11, Data's Day. Data gets dancing lessons from Dr. Crusher, the dancing doctor, in preparation of Chief O'Brien's wedding as the Enterprise brings Ambassador Pell to the Romulans for negotiation. Let's go with Ann Davidson. Yeah, I uh, I gave this one a see it. I do like the idea of the uh, of the espionage with the Ambassador Pell, but I, I got to say, one of the funniest moments in TNG history is when Data is dancing with that holographic dancer and the camera pans on him and he's got that smile on his face that is just gut-wrenchingly funny uh, so it's like that's a, a good time <laughs> this is just uh, this episode is just fun you know and i think that after the seriousness of the first part of the season you know coming off the board cliffhanger i think they needed something to lighten it up a little bit especially since the episode before this was the loss and everything was tense and serious so i'm glad they had something like this to break it up um dan you're right about the the whole dancing scene being one of the funniest in tng history all in all i think this is a well-balanced script and it's good to see what data does in a given day i think it's interesting and i like the way they framed it in in context of it being a a communication to commander maddox so this one's a see it for me this one's definitely a see it, a see it uh, for, for me as well i really enjoy the episode and hey who can we have get married no not Riker. Not Picard. Hey, there's a transporter chief that we see every now and then. Let's get him married. <laughs> Wait, Let's marry him off. Yeah, because that won't have ramifications later. <laughs> no. All right. So episode 12, the wounded. A rogue Starfleet captain jeopardizes the Cardassian peace treaty. Smells like Maquis. And we're going to go with uh, Bill. You know, I love the Cardassians. I'm a huge fan of the Cardassians. And I love what this episode sets up for that culture vis-a-vis Deep Space Nine later on down the road. This is a great story told well. And it's nice to see O'Brien get a little more to do after they married him off in the last episode. So clearly this guy's going to be around for a while, I think. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. But I think this one's a definite see it, even despite the song they sing in the captain's ready room. (laughs) Yeah, um, this is an amazing debut for the Cardassians. Uh, Gulmaset looks eerily familiar, though, doesn't he, boys? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. And actually, they tie that together really well. In the novels, it actually turns out that Gulmaset is Guldukat's cousin. So that's kind of cool. And Guldukat is my favorite Star Trek villain of all time. Um, Captain Maxwell is a 
great character who is brilliantly portrayed by the talented Bob Gunton. Um, so this is a definite see it for me. Great episode. Yes, indeed. See it all the way. This is a high see it. Uh, it's great getting to see O'Brien start to do more than, yes, sir, I'll transport you here, sir. Uh, a lot of fun. I do like the singing at the end. I thought it was nice camaraderie um, that you don't always see in Star Trek in a different kind of way. So I did. I did definitely enjoy the wounded episode thirteen. Devils do a powerful mythic figure from a millennium ago returns to enslave a planet in accordance with a contract. However, Picard is convinced that she is an opportunic, opportunistic charlatan. Guest stars Marta Dubois. Dubois as Ardra, and we're gonna go with Adenda Davidson. Yeah, um, Ardra. Sorry if I fit anyone. Major Hottie. Loved her. Great, great character. And Farklar. Oh, oh excuse me. Feklar. Of you course. are not Feklar. <laughs> this is a or see Farklar it for me. for that matter. <laughs> I love this episode. Definite see it. I'm, uh, I'm in the same camp, Dan. This is a see it. And it's funny because I wrote two words, Marta Dubois. <laughs> I have loved Marta Dubois ever since I was a, a, a preteen. And she turned up all over 80s television on shows like Tales of the Gold Monkey and The A-Team and Magnum P.I. She was one of my favorites, you know, and, and, and as far as TV guest stars went. And she's the perfect choice for this role. She compliments Patrick Stewart incredibly well. It's a fun script. You know, we obviously know she's a con woman to start with, you know, because Star Trek's not going to create a devil. I'm looking at you, Magics of Mag- Magus 2. And, oh, they um, make the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. But uh, this is just, this is a fun, entertaining script. I, I love this episode. It's a definite see it. It would be great if they tied it back into the Magics of Magics 2. Come on, right? Well, I know, but uh, you know, we, we beat on that episode a lot because Adam Drosen loves it. <laughs> and that's reason enough. It's it's not a good episode, but it would been it would have been fun if they would have like you know tied it together. Uh, that would that would have been kind of fun. Uh, this is a great episode. Uh, definitely definitely worth seeing. Um, seeing the Klingon version of the devil was great. Feklar, uh, love it. Episode fourteen. Clues. The crew, with the exception of Data, is rendered unconscious for thirty seconds after going through localized after going through a localized normal. However, various clues suggest they were unconscious for an entire day. Bill, are you going to sleep this one off? Uh, no, I'm not going to sleep this one off. I'm I'm in this one with Data the entire way because it's interesting enough to see, and I really like the way it resolves. It tells a a Star Trek like story. You know, you don't necessarily expect that it's going to. It, uh, it, it's, a, it's a story that's told well. It's acted well. The writers kept it interesting enough. And um, I, I kind of like that it's good to see that they'll go to these, you know, these extents and these circumstances to preserve other societies. So uh, this one's a see it for me. Yeah, this is actually one of my favorite episodes of, of season four. I really like how they do this episode with the clues. Um, so it was pretty properly named as well. Um, and I love how Picard orders data to never reveal what happened. I thought that was a really good way to, to, to have the episode tie together. And, and the floating head at the end of the episode is also pretty good too. <laughs> Gotta have floating head in Star Trek. You really do. <laughs> at least once a season. Come on. 
Uh, yeah, that's it's, right. It's a fantastic episode. I love how like Data's like I'm trying not to follow. I'm trying not to break orders. So following your orders is gonna make me break other orders. It's great, totally great, and love how uh, Brent Spiner kind of carries it with everyone else, kind of like breathing down his neck. It's a very fun episode. Episode 15, First Contact. Riker is hospitalized during a botched free first contact mission. Xenophobia results in increasing hostility toward his presence. Bill. You know, I've always wondered why we send Riker down on missions like this, because between this and Frame of Mind, it seems like Riker always gets hosed. You know, he gets caught and he winds up in this some alien facility where they figure out, hey, this guy's not one of us. Um, but this is this is essential viewing for season four and for TNG, in my opinion. It tells a great story about First Contact and about the Prime Directive. And uh, I think that the guest stars add to this. George Coe is the, is the leader of the planet. He's fabulous in everything he's in. But uh, all in all, this episode hits every mark. So it's an absolute see it, Dan. Yeah, uh, this is definitely a see it. This is one of those can't miss episodes of TNG as a whole. Uh, it's exactly what First Contact is all about. And of course, the scenes with B.B. Newirth are obviously legend. Um but there's so much more about this episode to love, even with the mitten hands. So yeah, we'll give it a see it. This is definitely a see it for me too. Uh, love, love first contacts gone wrong because you know, that's just kind of how things go in Star Trek. Cause it's gotta go wrong. So there's gonna be a story there. Of course. And then Riker's like, hey, I'll see you later. <laughs> Isn't this the one where he's like, I'll call you later where he's like, he wakes up, the nurse is like falling in love with him. Yeah. Yeah. I'll call you. It's like, yeah, I'll call you. You know, it's like even though even though they're like, you know, pre-warp civilizations, first contact botched, and he's like, yeah, I'll 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 hit that later. I'll call you. It's great. Love Riker when he's always in those fun situations. I should have started. Riker's there. the man. I know, right? <laughs> you know, if 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 it's like Angel One, just sleep with the leader and you'll be fine. <laughs> I don't know if that would have helped him in this case. Eh, you know. It's hard to resist Riker with a beard, though. I know Dan can't. <laughs> All right. Episode 16, Galaxy's Child. The Enterprise accidentally kills a space creature, and the crew rush to save its unborn offspring. Meanwhile, Jordy meets the engineer he fell in love with and finds to his shock that she is nothing like the woman he encountered in the holodeck. Guest stars Susan Gibney as Dr. Leah Brahms, and we're going to give this to Bill. You know, there is absolutely nothing about this story that interests me, whether it's the story about the alien or the story about Jordy and Leah. And I think it falls flat on just about every level. It's interesting to think that Susan Gibney was almost seven of nine. Whoa. Um, because, wow. Yeah, because I think that, yeah, I, I don't know that I, I would have been on board with that casting. So for me, this one's a skip it um, just because the, there's... There's nothing good that happens here. You know, uh, while I can appreciate the story regarding the killed mother and the need to take care of the infant creature and the sense of responsibility for the Enterprise crew, you know, the whole Leah Geordi story arc just falls flat again. And that seems to be the case with any real romance story that takes place on the Enterprise. Uh, and the special effects are weak. I didn't think that they were very well done at all. This is a this is maybe the strongest skip it of the season. Well, no, legacy I think is, but this is a skip it for me. 
there's this uh, TNG edit uh, called Riker, where it's edited together so that uh, Riker is the father of this alien. And <laughs> it makes me love this episode just because it's so absurd that this they made this amazing uh, edit. Uh, so I'm going to say see it because uh, I also like seeing Jordy fall on his face when it comes to women. Uh, I think I think if they would have uh, kept Sonia Gomez, like she was the only woman that uh, seemed to not like be immediately put off by Jordy, that could have been something. And I loved uh, Sonia Gomez because she was funny. Um, but uh, just seeing Jordy just get like just just get robbed of every romance uh, he's ever you know thought about is just great. So uh, if you want to see Jordy uh, fall apart, enjoy. Oh, poor Jordy. And on Synthaholics next week, hashtag. Dave hates Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, probably by the time this episode comes out, we'll be talking about Q Who. So, oh, all right. And I, I say Sonia. I call her. I call her Selena. <laughs> I think <laughs> Selena. <laughs> Selena Gomez. So that was uh, my whole fun mishap for that episode. Episode times. Yeah, it was, it was it was it was good times. Episode seventeen, Night Terrors. Enterprise is trapped in a ref. The crew, the crew succumbs to REM sleep deprivation. Indiana has a recurring nightmare. We're gonna go with Dan Davidson. Where are you? Yeah, well, hopefully you're not here watching this episode ever again. Skip it, <laughs> Bill. You know it's funny because um, the first time I went to a Star Trek convention that featured somebody from Next Gen. It was in Providence, Rhode Island, and Michael Dorn was the headline guest. And it was the weekend this episode premiered. And so he's up there, and he's talking on the stage before he starts taking questions. He goes, hey, did you guys see that episode last night? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, yeah, that was terrible, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, yeah. He goes, I don't know what was up with Marina flying through the air. He goes, but... She hated that. Believe me, she hated that. That's all we heard about. Um, earlier, I said Legacy was a pile of dog crap. This episode is that same pile of dog crap lit on fire and put on someone's porch. <laughs> and they've rung the doorbell, and we were coming out to, to stomp on it to put it out. Um, this one is probably the biggest skip it of the season for me. I'm going to finally skip an episode. because oh, This one you. is that flaming pile of dog turd on uh, someone's uh, someone's doorstep it is so bad and the only thing i kind of like about it was i was, it was interesting that you know lack of rem sleep will kill you i'm like oh that's kind of an interesting idea but yeah. uh deanna troy floating there in that harness and it was such an unflattering look at her butt um <laughs> I, I i cannot recommend this episode to anybody any way shape or form you're better off not watching this episode you're better off watching Shades of Grey twice. No. No, you are, because the Shades of Grey is not worse than this episode. Yes, it is. I know. I, no, I, I agree with Bill on that one. Ugh. Shades of Grey is just a clip show of stuff you've already seen. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see it. I've already seen it in other episodes that I'd rather rewatch. That's, yeah, what, that's what makes Shades of Grey so bad. If I'm stuck on the desert island and my choice is of Night Terrors or Shades of Grey, I'm going to watch Shades of Grey what all about, day long. What about... Uh, the Voyager version of of uh, Night Terrors, the fight. Uh, I don't know if I know that one. Uh, it's the one where Chakotay is he's got a, like an alien influence in his brain, and he's like trying to like he's scared it's going to make him go insane. He keeps having like these flashbacks to like these like boxing matches and this like, future. It's basically he's kind of the Deanna Troy surrogate in this episode. Like, oh, I haven't st- seen that one. Where weird stuff's happening to him. It's really bad. It's it's about his. It's it's basically 
Voyager's version of this episode. I can't wait to get to that one someday. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> to tear it apart. So finally, he has to skip it. This is a terrible episode. Don't watch it, please. Episode 18, Identity Crisis. Jordy transforms into an alien creature with a strong instinct to return to the, its planet of origin. And we're going to go with Bill. Uh, thanks, Dave. I think I was on the fence with this one initially. Ultimately, I think it's a see it, but it's it's really because the guest role of Commander Layton, played by Marianne Plunkett, really kind of elevates this story. She does a great job opposite LeVar Burton, and I think it th- that she is really compelling, you know, whereas most guest stars really don't get a lot to do. I think she kind of does. So for that, uh, that alone, I think this one's a see it. Plus, the makeup is really cool. I will say that. Yeah, I you know I don't really love this episode, uh, but it holds my attention enough to warrant giving it a see it. And what Bill just said is one of the main region reasons is the the makeup in this is really really cool. Um, Lavar does a great job, um, and it, it's a good Star Trek story. So I I'll give it a borderline see it. I'm going to give it a strong see it. I really liked this episode. I liked the the future tech idea of this episode where he's like trying to figure out what's going on with the holodeck like i love it when they use the holodeck and the holodeck doesn't try to kill them and they use it in a really cool csi ish way like as a child i was totally fascinated by how he was like trying to like figure out what was going on he finds the shadow of that guy by like eliminating certain objects and it was just really cool the way yeah that is a good moment too it is so I mean, like the way that the way that scene was constructed, I I just I just love the episode for for that mostly because it was just a really fun way, like a sciency way of using your play technology, uh, which was really good. I wish they would have done more episodes like this where they're actually using the holodeck for, and they do they do have some, but I mean, I, but this was like really hard, like one person like digging trying to find the details instead of like a courtroom seeing as you see in other instances of holodeck use. Sure. Okay. The Nth Degree, Episode 19. After the encounter with an alien probe, Barkley experiences great leaps in confidence and intelligence. Dan Davidson. Yeah, you know, seeing Barkley as a genius talking down to people as he gets smarter is really something that you don't expect because of what we've seen with Barkley in the past. I thought that was a great change of his character in this episode. And, you know, you were just in the holodeck arguing with Albert Einstein is a great line in this movie. And uh, Dwight Schultz, as usual, just hits it right out of the park. He does a great job. So this is a this is a strong see it for me for this one. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I mean, Dwight Schultz is perfect in this. I love that they keep giving Reg Barkley different things to do. Clearly, there's there's a few neuroses going on with Barkley, and I love that we get the chance to explore some of those in really grand ways in Next Gen, because I think these are things you probably couldn't do with the regular characters. So uh, this one's an absolute see it for me. I love this episode. I watch it you know, anytime it's on. It never disappoints. Totally agree, guys. This is a total, very high see it. Anytime Barkley's on screen, I pretty much always love it. Uh, he's he's a funny. I love Dwight Schultz. He's a funny character, and just seeing him become like super confident and super smart, and like he's building stuff faster like in his mind than the Enterprise can do, which is so cool. See it for sure. Watch it twice and 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 uh, forget night terrors. <laughs> Episode 20, Cupid. Q returns to test Picard's love of an old flame. Run and go, Bill. 
You know, one of the movies I really love is uh, Errol Flynn's The Adventures of Robin Hood. It's, uh, I've loved that movie since I was a kid, especially that scene where he takes the deer you know, into the big great hall and throws it onto the table over his shoulders. And the deer's still kicking, you know. Um, it's just a, it's a fun, fun movie. Cupid reminds me of that in many ways because it's a very fun script that's written well. And it's Q. I mean, come on. Um, it's lighthearted. Again, it, it breaks up. You know, some really serious stuff that happens the rest of the season. It's perfectly placed and it's just, it's a treat. So it's a definite see it for me. You know, one of my uh, favorite cartoons uh, growing up was the Daffy Duck Robin Hood episode. Uh, Yikes and away. I just always loved it. And um, (laughs) this episode is a hoot. It's fun. There's so many funny moments when Worf smashes Geordi's instrument uh, on the rocks and I am not a merry man. Uh, It's just so fun. Of course, anything with Q is great. The whole idea of Sherwood Forest, Data going to raise his hand and he's got a big turkey leg in his hand. It's just awesome. This is a a great See It episode. I, I, I can't agree with you guys more. Much like Barkley, anytime Q's in an episode, you can't help but see it. Except for maybe Encounter at Four Point, because the other half of that episode's kind of meh. But um, <laughs> yeah, anytime Q's there, it's awesome. I love the Robin Hood scenes. Uh, you know, just how, you know, like you said, the, he bashes uh, Jordy's loot. And, you know, apparently uh, arrows do more damage than machine gun bullets because he's like, oh, good thing that arrow didn't hit this. And then in first contact, he gets like a Tommy gun, <laughs> right? Right. A Tommy gun injection, and he has no issue. So it's like, huh? Maybe he upgraded his exoskeleton. But yeah, it's a great episode, a lot of fun, and it uh, kind of is our stepping stone to seeing uh, Vash and Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Episode twenty-one: The Drumhead. A witch hunt ensues for suspected Romulan spies aboard the Enterprise. Bill. This is one of the best episodes of the entire series, and it's one of my personal favorites, simply because it reminds me of the Crucible in many ways. Um, it, it is a literal witch hunt of sorts, and it's looking for spies, and it's it's compelling. Gene Simmons, not that Gene Simmons, is, a, is simply amazing. She was a big Star Trek fan at the time, and they found a way to work her into the show. And uh, Admiral Satie is just is a brilliant character, and it's fun to watch her just go off the rails. This is an absolute see it for me. Yeah, uh, I echo what you said, Bill. This is one of the this is one of the season's best, but it's one of the series' best, if not the entire Star Trek universe best. This is a brilliant episode. The entire episode has so many memorable aspects to it, and again, like you said, the very least of which is. Gene Simmons' performance as Admiral Satie. It, it every time she's on camera in this episode, I you just stop and you just watch and you just let it all sink in. It is brilliant. Picard's speech, which makes her go off the rails, like you said, is is awesome. You cannot miss this episode if you're going to watch Star Trek. I've brought down bigger men than you, Picard. Wow, nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this is a great episode, a staple of what Star Trek is in every possible way. Um, Great intrigue, great, you know, courtroom scenes, just great resolution. Watch this episode and just enjoy the heck out of it. All right. Half a life, Loxana Choi finds love but discovers her man must undergo ritualistic suicide. Dan! 
Yes. Well, as anybody who listens to this show knows, I'm A, not a fan of stories that involve romance between characters, because they usually aren't very good storytelling. And I'm not a fan of Luxana Troy episodes, for the most part. This episode is the exception to both of those rules that I have. This is a brilliant episode. It's one of the most powerful and emotional episodes of the entire season. It's brilliant Star Trek storytelling. It's got a Logan's Run aspect to it. Cogsworth from Beauty and the Beast is in it. Um, Seriously, though, David Ogden Steers should have won an Emmy for this episode. It is a see it times 10. I I have to agree. You know, uh, this is probably the best that Majel is in just about anything. She's phenomenal in this episode. Um, David Ogden Stiers is amazing in this episode, and, and the two of them together are very compelling. It's a great story it, that just speaks to the soul of Star Trek. It's nice to see Michelle Forbes mm-hmm. work in an appearance here before she becomes Ensign Rowe later on. But um, it, th- this, this is one of those classic Star Trek episodes that I think is an absolute must-see. So uh, definitely see it for me, Dave. Uh, yeah, I, I'd have to go with that. Uh, must see. I love Luxana Troy episodes. Sorry, Dan, uh, but I love Luxana. Okay. I, I, I love pretty much all of her episodes. I can't think of one that I, I can't stand. So I would uh, definitely recommend seeing this. And you know, her her emotional ride for this does kind of kind of kind of hit you. Um, you know, the more older I get, the more I watch Star Trek. The different things start to kind of get me. So it's it's a great episode. Uh, seeing her kind of grow emotionally as a person. So it's definitely... Sad. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Without a doubt. All right. The host, Dr. Tr- Dr. Crusher, falls in love with Odan, a peace negotiator, only to discover he is a symbiont. With his original host dies, he is implanted into Riker, temporarily to finish his negotiations. Let's go with Bill. You know, I'm going to call this episode to see it. And in order to explain why... I've created a hashtag. And the only reason you need to see this episode is this. Hashtag Riker does it with Beverly. Mic drop. Uh. (laughs) Really, I mean, because it it introduces the trill, which is nice. And we learned about their society a little bit, although they look differently when we see Jadzia and Deep Space Nine. But come on, Riker and Beverly get it together, yo. I would rather watch Picard or Riker's father and uh, the Doctor from Pulaski? season two. Yeah, than, than this episode. This is a this is a skip it, please skip it episode for me. And part of the reason is I have a huge problem with it. Is the they either really screwed up the rest of Trill's storytelling with Deep Space Nine and further down the road, or they just completely ignored this episode because it just. You can't put a trill. You can't put a host in a non-trill. A, I mean, you just can't. According to what happens later on down the road, and I know I'm talking about stuff that hadn't happened yet at this point. I just, I just can't forgive it. So it's a skip it. There's always growing pains when you first meet a race in Star Trek. Always, just about if they're a recurring race, anyway. Yeah, and ultimately, you know, I, I think that I like the changes they made as far as Deep Space Nine goes. It's a shame that. Uh, you know, they didn't maybe go back and flush some of that out beforehand, but you know, uh, again, hashtag Riker does it with Beverly. I leave it there. Yeah, I'm I'm going to definitely go with a seat on this one. Uh, you know, 
Beverly's great. She's like, oh, I love Odan. It's like, oh, I, I can I can love you if you're Riker too. And then and then I'm a chick now. I'm like, oh, I, I can't go that far. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not gonna. I can't I can't swing it anymore. And then she's sad and depressed that her love's a woman now. Which I mean, it's it's great. It's just kind of interesting to see how fluid the uh, the hosts are, and it does kind of break canon a little bit. But then again, like you know, things things change. Maybe the simi- maybe other simians are more more in rejection than others. Who knows? But like I said, like almost all the time, a new race is introduced, and they they come back. There's always going to be growing pains. Like the Borg, they grow children in dwarves and. And you know, Q who, and then and later on, they grow them in fish tanks. So I mean, right, right. So they always change. You know, Klingons, Ferengi, all of them. Oh my! It's uh, it's kind of how it goes, unfortunately. But I mean, at least they get more solid once things are fleshed out. But it's a good episode. I enjoy it. It's the first time we see a trill. Good for them. All right, episode twenty-four: The Mind's Eye. The Romulans brainwashed Jordy to carry out a covert mission. Bill! You know, this episode is essentially the Manchurian candidate in space, and it's great. I um, LeVar hasn't had this much to do since last season when he was trapped on a planet. I think it was Galorndon Corp with the Romulan. So Jordy it's the most interesting thing. Romulans. I know, right? It's the most interesting thing he's had in a while. And uh, I think this episode's a definite see. It. Lots of intrigue. It's just uh, it's good stuff. It seems to me that Jordy is the equivalent of O'Brien on Deep Space Nine, that he's the guy that gets tortured all the time. Um, it's a great Jordy episode, and it's done very, very well. Um, and I got to say, the way that he just kills O'Brien in the simulation and then just dumps his body over and sits at the table, that's chilling, man. It's 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 really good stuff. So, and we get to see Tomalak. Uh, so it's uh, – oh, is it Tomalak? No, he's not in this one. Um, but it's a great see it episode. We do see Sela. Oh, great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry I wanted to quit. Give me another job, please. I know, right? Um, yeah, this is a a pretty good episode. It's always fun seeing uh, the Romulans and Next Gen, except for their forehead ridges. But it's always fun kind of seeing them and what they're up to and how nefarious they are. Definitely, definitely a see it. All right. Episode 25. In theory, Data participates in a romantic relationship with a fellow crew member, Dan Davidson. Yeah, um, I'm going to barely give this one a see it. This is one of those it could have gone either way, depending on the mood I'm in. Um, Okay, so, honey, you're falling for an android. You do understand that, right? Uh, Hello? I... I give it a see it basically because Spiner's great in this episode because he has all those these little adjustments to his programming for being in a relationship and some of them are just are really quite hilarious so I'll give it a borderline see it I'm, I'll be nice tonight. I um I came down on the other side of that border for me this one's a skip it I don't find Jenna interesting and I'm not sure why Data a life form with no emotions does either. <laughs> Um, you know, I get that she's attracted to men who are emotionally unavailable and she really knocks it out of the park with that one because, well, <laughs> data's about as unavailable as you can get. Um, I, I, I don't really have an interest in this episode. I think it would have been interesting if data had had his emotion chip, mm. that could have been interesting, but, uh, for him to experience love possibly and loss. But other than that, eh, uh, this one's a skip it for me. 
I, that's an interesting point, though. I think this episode could have been a lot more interesting with a um, emotion chip involved. But maybe if they did a sequel with the emotion chip, it could have been uh, even better. Because I really do like this episode. Because I think it's funny. She's like, man, my last boyfriend was, he just didn't care and he didn't talk to me. And then I want to talk to someone and date them who's got no emotions at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. She, she is just... fantastic. Um, how she's just moving on from train wreck to, you know, the train's not even built yet. Oh, yeah. And that's it. She's a train wreck. She's She's got so many issues. She should not be in a relationship, let alone with an android. Maybe she should try Trill. <laughs> Maybe she should just try Netflix and chill. <laughs> Holodeck and chill. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a fun episode. Uh, I love, I love uh, like Dan, I love Spiner's performance. Uh, he's great. And he's like, yeah, I've, I've, you know, I was thinking about you and this, uh, this thing I'm composing and uh, this work thing I'm doing <laughs> and the music I'm playing. But yeah, you're in there. You're like in the top, you know, 25. Yeah, she's in there somewhere. Kind of. Better than not in there at all, right? <laughs> and I, I, I love it how like you know where she's like oh you don't ever get angry so he like he figures out like he just downloads random things to say when he should be quote unquote angry it's just fantastic i'm glad this one's not the season ender because um that would have ended on a really sour note for me like, at least it would, it would have been your shades of gray uh, probably yeah <laughs> all right episode 26 redemption part one Worf leaves the enterprise to fight on behalf of garon and they cling on civil war dan davidson yeah, this is a this is a great cliffhanger for season four um, for the final episode. Even if Sela's in it, um, and I think that can be balanced off plus some by the fact that Tony Todd is as usual. He's just magnificent. So uh, I'll definitely give this one a see it uh, and just overlook the Sela aspect of it. <laughs> I wonder why, Dan. Um, this one's a see it for me. I mean, you think about the fact that they decided to do a second cliffhanger in another season. So, I mean, obviously it draws comparisons to best of both worlds, but I don't think it should because it's a completely different story. I think it's a solid cliffhanger. It leaves the Klingon empire, certainly at a very precarious position. And it leaves Worf with, you know, having made a fairly serious, you know, decision of his own. So I like this story. It sets, you know, has some far reaching implications for future episodes and seasons and even in deep space nine to some extent. So I think this one's a definite see it. I totally agree. This is a see it episode because it ends the season. It sets up for next season. So you can't go in the next season without, without, without of seeing this one. So definitely see it. I love, I love the Klingon politics and you know, that's kind of like the, the love child of, you know, Ronald D Moore. And so I love his, uh, you know, his work on the Klingon aspect of Star Trek and fleshing out them and their background and what they do and why they bang heads together. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Well, gentlemen, it'll be interesting to see how we tally up. Dave, we've been tallying yours up as we went. And um, I'll give mine, Dan, if you want to then give Dave's and then yours. We'll sure. do it that way. How's that sure. sound? Absolutely. I, I think that sounds great. I was I, um, mine up as well. So Okay. I came in at 18 for 26 for a percentage of 69.23%. So clearly I'm a, I'm, I'm just shy, just over two-thirds wow, of the episodes that I would watch in this season for me. That's surprising for me to me, man. I uh, I thought it would be higher than that. That's uh, that's amazing. Um, I'm really not sure. Uh, maybe we should have Amy back on the show because I don't know if we're going to get a higher rating than hers or Dave's because Dave was uh, 25 of 26 of see it 
for 96.15%. Dude, stop kissing their butt. (laughs) (laughs) Look, ever since I started my podcast two years ago, I only watched Star Trek to do it for the show. So I mean I, I can't I can't really skip it um, <laughs> if we need it's to talk about to watch it. all. <laughs> but I will but I will forcibly skip Shades of Grey because we've already kind of talked about it. So I can and, and Threshold. So I, I don't have to ever watch those again. Thank goodness. Well, so Dan, Dan, where did you come in? I came in higher than Bill, and I came in lower than Dave. Anybody probably would come in lower than Dave. Um, I actually had twenty one. Out of the 26 episodes ranked as see it for 80.77%. So uh, a little bit higher than Bill, uh, lower than Dave, and right in the middle. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think that, you know, there's some definite ones that that were borderline either way, and you came down on one side and I came down on the other. But Mm. there are just some other ones that I hate that you love. And I think we, we go through that at least a couple of times a season when we do this. We do. Absolutely. All in all, I mean, it's. I think season four is a solid season. I think it's a, a good follow-up to season three as far as story quality goes. Um, and I, I look forward to when we do this for season five, because I know there's some really great stories in season five. But you gave it low scores like season one and season two. <laughs> well, but I mean, that's the law of averages, right? So there's 26 episodes, and if I hit less than 20, I'm going to be somewhere in the 60s. So... Um, I just uh, there are Wesley episodes in this. There are some other ones I just can't stand. Listening, um, listening <laughs> the, law, the law of averages, Mister. I am the law. That's awesome. Well, no. well <laughs> think about it. Season one was fifty percent down the middle. Yep. Season two was less than that. It was forty-five percent. Right. Season three, I hit ninety-six percent. So, uh, if anything, I think I'm sort of course correcting here with six with better than two thirds. I think sixty-nine percent is not a bad average. Okay. So there, take I, that, jerks. I, I bet you Amy disagrees <laughs> with you. Amy will disagree with you. <laughs> but she'll love uh, me. Dave- <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Tell me about it. So Dave, um, thank you so much for joining us and for shepherding us through this see it or skip it, dude. We really appreciate it. Why don't you tell people where they can find you and Synthaholics on social media? Excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great pleasure being here, getting to talk with you guys. I, I talked with you, Bill, a year ago on my show, Star Trek Five. It was a lot of fun, and it's my first time actually getting to talk with Dan, so it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me on. As far as the social media, as far as the social media goes, you can find Synthaholics on Facebook. at uh, We have a group, Synthaholics.com slash group slash Synthaholics, and you know, I'm in the Camp Kittimer group too, so you can always say hi to me there as well. I try to post uh, whenever I can. Uh, on Twitter, we're at Synthaholic Duo, and personally, I'm David underscore J underscore Duncan, and my co-host is at Aaron, um, I'm sorry, Aaron O'Brien, he's at Blackbird2004. Awesome job. Well, we hope everyone will head on over and check you out. And of course, like you said, you're in Camp Kittimer all the time. And uh, Synthaholics episodes wind up getting posted there as well. So uh, and, uh, one-stop shopping for, for everyone. And your guys po- uh, always, I think you guys always post in uh, Synthaholics group as well. So we're a nice little family. Uh, lots of great things going on in the Star Trek podcast community. Dude, uh, we're going to have you hold on as we just sort of wrap things up. Um, Dan. Bill. People may want to know how they can subscribe to this here podcast, and how might they accomplish that, my friend? Well, you know, if you're new to the podcast, or even if you're not new but want to subscribe, we've made it very easy to do so. Uh, You can have every episode of Trek Geeks automatically downloaded straight to your mobile device by heading on over to subscribe.trekgeek.com. You know, I did that last time. (laughs) 
subscribe.trekgeeks.com will give you all the details on how you can get this here podcast every Tuesday delivered to your iPod, iPhone, Android, or any other favorite device that you might have. Uh, also, you can listen to the podcast on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or just go to trekgeeks.com and click on one of the album covers and, and listen away and, and enjoy yourself. Um, it's your independent Star Trek podcast delivered your way. So make it so. Make it so indeed. And Dan, the other thing we want people to make so is to become huge fans of the band Five Year Mission. We can't thank them enough. They are every bit of music you hear on Trek Geeks, and uh, their sound is just really fabulous. They've got a whole bunch of albums. They're working on finishing up year four right now, Dan. Did you know that, sir? I did know that, but I want it done now so I can listen to it now. You hear what I'm saying? I'm thinking you want it now. <laughs> I want it now. But you know Maybe. what I you know what I do want to tell you now as we're talking What's about that? five year mission is that uh I saw this episode. You know, I always have to watch an episode before we podcast because there's always something to talk about. It wasn't okay. a great episode, you know, it was just, you know, early seasons. You know, the band was trying to negotiate an end to these raids that were being launched by an enemy band called the Gatherers, but a murder threatened to prevent the peace. It's the Vengeance Factor, and you need to check it out. <laughs> the Vengeance Factor. Oh, man. That was just painful. Whenever I get a laugh out of you, I consider it a good thing, so I'll take it. I, I wasn't expecting that one, quite frankly. I, I, quite I should know better. Yeah, <laughs> Quite Farkly. That's true. But yeah, please hunt out to fiveyearmission.net. Download all their albums. Year one, two, three. Year four is coming soon. They have Spock's Brain. They have The Trouble with Tribbles. Definitely, you're going to become a big fan just like we are. Dan, we also want to thank Aaron Harvey, who designed the Trek Geeks Delta symbol. Um, it's on all of our podcast artwork, and Aaron has a great podcast over on Trek FM called Saturday Morning Trek. You can find him also on Twitter at Geek Filter. Uh, Dan, next mm. week, um, mm. looks like we got something fun coming up, buddy. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Fun. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, I'll tell you. Yeah, there's going to be lots of questions. And hopefully, there's going to be some answers because you've been asking for it, and now you're going to get it. It's an all-new round of Stump the Geek. Yeah. Oh, D- Dan Davidson in the hot seat. Five questions, one multi-part bonus. Will he be victorious? I guess we'll find out next week on Trek Geeks. Dan, for more great Star Trek discussion, after everybody checks out Synthaholics, Please head on over to visit our friends at the Tricorder Transmissions online at the tricordertransmissions.com. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Treks, please visit treknews.net. Online at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode 108 of the Trek Geeks podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. Then I resign my commission as a Starfleet coconut. Bong. Bing bong. Hello. Hello, Governor. It's interesting that y'all say it like that because my nephew's going to London. I don't know how to talk like one. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
that's that's apparently um, quite evident. <laughs> yes, yes, he's heading over for vet school uh, in September. Like veterinarian? Veterinarian, yes. He's going to be a doctor of the animals. We don't have one of those here? I guess there's a real good one over there. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, he's pretty excited. He just uh, has to find a place to live, you know, kind of one of those non-important things, but, you know, to each his own, I guess. Wow, so you've got uh, you've got some smart people in your family. Are you sure that you're not adopted? Uh, pretty sure. But know. you know what? I got the sense of humor, so I win. Do you do? <laughs> I mean, you do. You do. Uh, yes, uh, you do. Period. Not you do. Question mark. I'll you do? It. No, 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 no. Try it again. You do? Uh, I'm going to drive down there, and I'm just going to punch you right in the throat. Well, apparently, you've got all the rage issues. <laughs> no, huggy, huggy, uh, huggy bear, huggy bear. <laughs> we have not done a match game sound in quite a long time. Uh, that's true. I think we'll be taking care of that uh, someday very soon. Oh, I like where you're going with this. Maybe um, next week. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. You make you probably get a little stump the geek, buddy. I dumped the geek. I really am in vacation mode right now, so I'm probably going to do miserable. Uh, Don't even just be quiet. Shut your face. All I can say is <laughs> the bonus question. You, I might have to bleep you. <laughs> I look forward to the bonus question. It's a five. What kind of a? It's a five-part question in a way, but it could be considered a ten-part question. What? Oh, okay. Wow. Why do you why do you want to torture the listeners with this? I don't. It's you I want to torture because <laughs> I think that they enjoy it when you're tortured. Well, no. Well, yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. Yeah. That's probably true. So we're gonna become gnomes. Did you see that? I did see that. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I love the the paint job that yours is getting already. Jackie's <laughs> doing a fantastic job. <laughs> it should be quite interesting. Yes. I, I can only imagine what mine will look like. Well, as long as your face isn't on, I'm sure it'll look just fine. Um, all gnomes have faces, Dan. Have you never not, seen a gnome before? Not your face. That That's was the dumbest thing. Ever seen. You just don't listen to me. You just huh? don't listen. What? Yeah. Chicken butt? Can we do this? I just want to get off this mic so I don't have to listen to you for 10 days. Oh, oh huggy. Another huggy bear. <laughs> What was the name of the bear in the Sugar Smack cereal? Sugar Bear. Okay. <laughs> well, that was a Which, uh, after they stopped calling it Sugar Smacks, or, uh, they, they gave him a different name, I think. Oh, okay. Do you know what that was? And I don't. Help I you don't. Work. Well, because in, when we were kids, it w- they advertised the fact that it had sugar. Now they don't want to do that. <laughs> right. Why would they want to do that? I wonder. Well, it wasn't a super sugar crisp, because Sugar Smacks was the frog. Dig him. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Huh. Or am I getting those confused? I'm not uh I don't know. I'll have to I can still use my computer before we start the show. Let me check. Sugar Smacks. Let's see what comes up for the little picture. It's the super, Sugar Sugar Smacks is the frog. Yeah. So post Super Sugar Crisp, which I is a real tongue twister mm. with with Sugar Bear. I'm looking at a a, a Sugar Smacks box from the 1960s. With Spock on it, and his emblem is on the wrong shoulder. Really? 
Yeah. Yep. Kind of funny. I don't think I've ever seen that. I'm going to oh, yeah, look I'm at gonna, that. I'm gonna, do you see it? Isn't that I'm, riot? I, I did some Googling. You did the Google? I used the Googly machine. <laughs> the Googly bits. The giggle. Yeah, sugar bears for the sugar sugar uh, stuff. Although there were some... Uh, there were some, and some of those boxes, there were some free Star Trek iron on transfers, which yes. is really cool. I still might have those. Really? <laughs> no, oh. not at all. Oh. Oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> wow. Look at that. Serial nostalgia for an outtake. Who would have thought? I know. Uh, tell me about it. Wow. Quisp. That was another one. I never had that one. It was with that, it was like a little alien that had like one of those propeller hats on. He was the character. I, I vaguely remember it. Yeah. Um, I, I spent more time eating Cocoa Krispies. Oh, <laughs> very and nice. Al- alphabets. Alphabets. Yes, I liked alphabets. And honeycombs. Honeycombs. I loved honeycombs. Love honeycombs. Yeah. I mean, honeycombs and alphabets were essentially the same sh- cereal, just different shapes. Very good. I like that. And if you took the, the alphabets apart and made them straight, you could put them in the honeycomb. Oh, look at you. Then you'd have a full, full breakfast of sugary, sweet delight. What was your favorite breakfast as a kid? <sighs> I liked Cocoa Pebbles a lot. Really? Yeah. I used to always take the Lucky Charms also and sit in the living room and, and take two bowls and put all of the, the marshmallows in one bowl and all the other stuff in the other bowl, eat the marshmallows, and then put all the other stuff back in the box and put it in the cabinet. <laughs> that must have driven your brother and sister crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah, my, uh, my favorite was uh, regular Cheerios ah. with, um, with toast, but the toast had to be really buttery. Really? Yeah, just, I had something about those those two flavors together. I just, huh. just you know screams you know comfort in childhood to me. That's very interesting. I did love real cinnamon toast when I was a kid. That toast with the butter and then the cinnamon sugar mixture on it. Oh yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. That's just a heart attack waiting to happen at my age. <laughs> yeah, I know, and you're pretty old. Yeah, I'm a month older than you, jerk. You're still older. You'll still always be older than me. I will always be older unless I go through a temporal rift. Ah, a little yesterday's enterprise back at you. Don't get me started. <laughs> here's, here's one of the thi- here's one of the other reasons why I'm convinced that it is the same timeline. It is. Well, it, it is the same timeline. It is. It is. But every other time our characters are are or or they are in a different timeline. There is always some kind of grounding to our timeline. So they are sort of fish out of water, like Mirror Mirror or the mm-hmm. DS9 Mirror episodes. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, they can explain to you, oh, we must be in a different timeline. That doesn't happen in Yesterday's Enterprise. Right. They think they're in their regular time. Right. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, uh, the, the more we talked about it and after the fact and even listening or, or reading some of the things that have been said this week on Camp Kittimer, I'm more convinced now. Some people have said, oh, maybe it was protected going back. No, I don't buy that. It's no. She should have winked out. No. Nope. All right. Ron Moore said it. So it's law. <laughs> it's law. <laughs> more law. More, more law. Star Trek law. All right. You ready to do this? I am. Oh, boy. I guess so. <laughs> 